everybody, and welcome again to the Just Shiatsu podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Zielinski. Today, I wanted to talk about the next chapter that we've been, or that I've been going over. So there's a couple little things I want to talk about before I start reading the chapter, so clarifying some like ideas and terms. Um, so you'll hear me say the six chi in this chapter here. And when I think of what they mean by the six chi in this chapter, what they're talking about are the movements outside of the body. You could think of these as weather patterns or just anything that can generally kind of enter the body. Um, if you're familiar with Chinese medicine, these things that enter the body are usually called cold, wind, damp, heat. They have all these um, climactic factors to them. So you could think of them as the weather movements around the body. And they're often called the six chi when they're outside of the body. And when we're talking about movements inside the body, usually that's restricted to the five movements or the five elements. So these are ways you can help clarify meaning in the chapters as to like sometimes what they're what they're meaning. So the six chi move outside the body. The five chi, five movements of the body are inside. And this is one of the ways that this uh, numerology that exists within the Chinese medicine has some meanings beyond just the quantitative aspects of it as well. There's also a reference to the nine regions. So the nine regions are all the regions on earth sort of idea. So what they mean when they reflect that into the body is they're talking about the physical body. And from my understanding of numerology, nine is a number that returns to wholeness. So it symbolizes in the external world, it symbolizes the eight directions and then the center Though this will often be expressed as the nine orifices of the body, I also take it to mean just the wholeness of the body, unless there's a specific dysfunction that's being described or designated. Uh, we get the idea of Shen Ming introduced here. This is, again, the idea of the wholeness of the person. But in this case, when we're talking about like the spiritual aspect of the person, it has a little bit more of a, a heavenly aspect to it. Um, the way I always think of Shen Ming to keep it, not take it into this religious aspect of uh, something that lives beyond the body. If we just take it to a more simplistic sort of meaning, I usually just think of the Shen Ming as the organization inside the body that allows us one to live. So the, the reason our body stays in this organized way so we can stay alive. That is what I mean or what I think they mean when they're talking about the Shen Ming. So the organized organization inside the body that's needed to live. And then of course, when the Shen Ming or when the Shen is said to leave the body, this often equates to death. So that also helps highlight the idea that whatever this thing they're talking about is, is creating some sort of organization. Cause when it leaves, we no longer has that organization to it. Uh, another concept that's just briefly introduced here is this idea of Wei Qi. It's a protective chi that guards the exterior of the body. You can often think of it as giving a sort of removing force to things that have moved within the body. So it's like a defense system. It also has other functions as well, but mostly, especially when we're talking about its influence on the things entering the body, we're talking about this sort of immune system sort of response that you might equate to in uh, Western medicine. Also within most of these chapters, the chi that enters the body uh, from the translator that I was reading, he often translated that as the evil chi 
that moves into the body. I like the term pernicious chi, which is used by some other people because I don't believe that these things that come into the body are specifically out in the world to harm us, but they are allowed to enter because of the weaknesses we give our body. So therefore they create like unhealthy effects in the body, but they're not like malicious entities that are trying to hurt us. It's just movements that are allowed in because we've depleted ourselves in some way, shape or form. Some important concepts here that I find really interesting in this chapter. So there's a line that basically states everything is self-inflicted by the way we decide to move through the world. And this has a very powerful meaning to me. The importance of this is that if we don't change the way we move through the world, how can the body restore its health? This is one of the main factors I give to why people don't always heal when the chi movements change in a treatment. So once they leave, they repeat the old pattern and the old chi movement reestablishes itself. It also shows that if a person is unwilling to change, uh, the treatment may be pointless, which is actually stated in a later chapter in a different way. And when we get to it, I'll talk about that a little bit. And this is one of the ways that I, I like to point out that Western medicine differs, right? Western medicine doesn't actually require you to change the way you're moving through the world so much because they forcefully manipulate the chemistry in the body a lot of ways through medications. So this gives us options as people who move through the world, right? We can take medications to force our bodies into healthier states by manipulating its chemistry, or we can take more of a natural approach where we don't need to have medication, where we try to make changes that create healthy movements within us. And yes, I am making a little bit of a hyperbolic statement. Western medicine has other things that it does as well. But just pointing out the fact that like for Chinese medicine, we don't really prescribe things for the rest of your life. Um, we're trying to correct the movements within and trying to correct those movements includes some, some work from the person who also wants to have healthy movements in their body. And I just wanted to point out that in our world today, you also have the option not to change and find medications that can alter the body as well. Both will get you the results you're looking for. It just depends on how you feel about those sort of things. Uh, another big statement in this chapter that I find uh, really interesting is that it says, all disease is said to be an accumulation of yang qi. So yang qi can be generalized to this idea of just the movement inside the body. So it's not the transformation of the form that is the cause of the issue. So it's not like the physical manifestations we see. It's the lack of movement within those specific areas that causes the distortion of the form that we see. This is also another big difference between Western and Eastern medicine. So simply the focus of all treatment should be to restore movement to the area where the yang qi is accumulated so that it can move freely again. Um, this is a very simple statement. And I often think that's part of the power of Chinese medicine is some of the ideas are simple and that simplicity is its strength. And I wanted to point out as the analysis in later chapters becomes more intense because we're building, you know, we're taking building blocks, building steps to get deeper understanding of stuff. It's still just the simple idea of clearing a, a block in the body that has accumulated yang behind it. And this often means that it either can't move freely or in some cases it can't be, can't be contained properly. But it's always important to remember that we're working with the movement within and we're not trying to work on the form. 
the form is the signs that we can see that the yang is not moving properly, but it's not what we are working with. If the movement can be restored to a healthy way again, so will the form. And there'll be some ideas on this that become more expressed through some of the other chapters as well. So as I'm looking at some of my personal edits on the chapters, I've decided that I don't need to necessarily go through them because they're quite drastic in most cases. Um, so one of the things I might want to say is that when I created these, this thing that I wrote for myself, I was trying to develop a deeper understanding of how everything works and what they were trying to say. So I often removed very specific symptoms to generalize an idea of movement so that I could get a more fundamental understanding of it. This does mean at times I am at risk of missing something very specific that they were trying to get at and have generalized it in some ways. And this could also mean that the breakdown of my analysis of what I think they were trying to get at might be wrong. And it's important to remember that the original intent of why I did this was to uncover some fundamental principles for myself, not to monetize some new writing of the material. And I wasn't worried about holding myself to a standard that it has to mean this or it has to mean that according to somebody else. I literally didn't care about other people's judgments of my interpretation of the work. I just wanted to interpret it for myself so I could get a deeper understanding of the medicine so I could potentially create stronger and better results in my work. This means I may have altered some aspects of the original. I have often removed big sections of pathology to get to a fundamental truth. When I think of what I'm trying to do, I think of the phrase, give a man a fish he'll eat for a day and teach him how to fish and he'll eat forever. Meaning I wasn't interested in just memorizing the simple list of symptoms and then understanding the direct correlation to, I need to treat liver because this popped up. I actually wanted to dive deeper. I was looking to really find some something I could work with in a more fulfilling way for me. Um, this also means I may have found things that weren't intended or I have altered it from its original tent and twisted it into some uh, personal logic puzzle only I have made, but actually wasn't there. And this is something that exists in all aspects of interpreting other people's writings but because i am interpreting somebody else's translation of the original work there's a little bit more room for error to be in there as well one of the things that i'll say is that when i i generally weigh the understanding i have gotten within these chapters with the other ideas that are expressed in the medicine i do agree mostly so i assume i i am not too far off in my understandings of the medicine even though I am kind of coming up with my own sort of viewpoint to express what I'm, what I'm seeing written here. And then with that said, just keep in mind, if you're listening to these sequentially, that that's always going to be my notes on my edits. I might not even mention it again, but I have severely altered these writings in a lot of ways to help manifest a deeper understanding. And my, my goal was not to again, create something new or really alter it so that I could be like, look at what I found, right? I'm just looking for truth. That's all I'm most looking for. And with that said, let's start reading my rewriting of this chapter. So chapter three, since antiquity, yin and yang is the basis of life and follows the design of heaven. 
Between heaven and earth lies the six chi. These chi influence the nine regions and communicate with the chi of heaven. If these chi are ignored repeatedly, then disease harms man and one's lifespan is shortened. The chi of heaven is clean and pure, and as a result of its movement, the mind is in order. If one lives in accordance with it, then the yang chi is strong. Even if disease tries to enter, it cannot bring harm. This is only possible if one follows the ways of the four seasons. When the sages concentrated essence and spirit, they moved with the heavenly chi. They allowed clear communication of the Shen Ming. If one does not follow the correct sequence of the four seasons, the sensory organs will get distorted, the external muscles and flesh will get congested, and the Wei Chi will disappear. All this lost Chi is self-inflicted by not following the Wei. When talking of the Yang Chi, it resembles heaven, being less tangible. It also resembles the sun and how its warmth and light provides life to the myriad things. If the sun were to miraculously stop following its normal pattern, life would suffer and the longevity of man would be diminished. It is the sun that allows life. The Yang Chi mimics the sun's patterns internally and protects the outside. Cold will cause the Yang Chi to be fixed in place like a moving pivot. This causes discomfort in the body and mind. The spirit tends to drift away. Summer heat will also cause discomfort along with heavy breathing as if exhausted. If these outward signs are not visible, it may manifest as excessive speech. The body will be hot. It is important to realize sweating helps disperse internal heat. Dampness will create a feeling as if the head is wrapped in a wet towel. This will cause the yang chi to be trapped inward. Cramping and limpness may manifest as the yang chi can no longer flow smoothly to these areas. Now here's a little note. So this this part of the text was actually lost. So I'm just going to say that um, the idea here is probably they were going to talk about the ideas of wind, but the text was a lost. So the original text, no one knows what was originally written there. Um, so that's been lost to time, but then it picks back up. So here we go. If the movement of the seasons get replaced by another, this exhausts the yang chi. If someone exhausts one's physical body and then also feels uneasy, then this means the yang chi is harmed. This will cascade in such a fashion that the essence will lose its ability to accumulate. The lack of accumulation will leave in a sense a void in which pernicious chi can then enter. If someone exhausts themselves to the state of profuse sweating and then encounters a pernicious influence that wanders into this void created and then experiences a cold wind, it will seal in the influencing factor. If the pores are not open and closing appropriately, this will give, for example, the cold an opportunity to enter. When cold enters these spaces, it causes congealing of the liquids and the area dries up. These are examples to be thought on for further understanding the meaning of Yang's purpose and function. The Yang Qi must be both firm and soft. The firmness supports the spirit giving it a safe place to reside. The softness allows the full range of mobility in the sinews. When the vessels lack this firmness and softness, they will become sunken. These sunken vessels are a sign that the chi has become fixed somewhere. 
This fixed chi, if left for long periods of time, will develop into tumors. This will also cause the chi in the pathways affected to transform, and it will reverse course to strike back at the organs. This yang chi that is not allowed to follow its regular course will not fully flow in the structures of the flesh. If one starts to sweat uncontrollably without explanation, this will cause the form to wither because the chi has left. This is lacking yang chi. The firmness of form has been compromised and function in this area is lacking. It is the yang chi that provides function on the surface. After a time, everything will collapse and close due to lack of chi and a serious disease will manifest. It should be understood that wind is the origin of many diseases. The wind is the factor that gives movement to entry. If you are able to stay calm and clear, the body will be healthy and be firm and soft, providing the proper resistance to any possible entry. This will even withstand strong diseases. This is also called the way of following the four seasons. When a disease persists for a long time, it has altered the state of that organism and causes transformation or changes in response to it. It should be understood that it is the accumulation of yang that is the catalyst of disease and eventually death. This happens when the yang gets blocked and builds behind the block. In this case, the block must be removed. If a proper treatment isn't initiated quickly, this will harm the patient. It is important to understand these principles to avoid doing more harm to your patient. The yang chi has specific observations that have been made about its movement throughout the day. Remember, it follows the sun's activity. In this way, during the day, it rules the exterior in the same way the sun warms the skin. At dawn, it emerges. At noon, it abounds. And in the evening, it diminishes. This diminishing is a sign of its daily depletion. When depleted, the chi is weaker, and one should take care in interacting with the world around them. This means in the evening, it is collecting inward, and care should be taken not to express it outward. If these three phases of the day are not respected, then the body will experience discomfort and weakening. Even though we have been referring to the function of yang as health, it should be understood that yin and yang work in tandem. Yin movements are generally inward, storing essence, and yang movements are outward to the exterior. Yang is what gives the firmness to the yin. Remember, yin is the gathering of qi, and this condensation of qi can also be expressed as physical form. This pushing out or firmness can only happen when there is form to push against. The essence can only move quickly to be transformed into a function or form with the outward movement of yang. Without form, yang cannot be contained. If there is no outward movement, function is lost. For example, the orifices will not function properly. If yang moves too quickly and the yin cannot balance it, a person will become overactive outwardly and appear to be crazy running around, and ignoring social norms. The sages observed this harmonic movement and understood how function manifested. They saw the sinews needed the vessels. They saw that the bones and marrow only existed due to the chi and blood. They saw the harmony of the inner and outer. This harmony left no weaknesses to be found in either area. With no weakness, there is no place for anything to enter. All the senses function properly as they should in this balanced state. Externally, if wind finds a spot of weakness to enter, this will disrupt the body's internal flow. This disruption of flow causes the essence to vanish. If you overeat, 
This will overwhelm the channel system, slowing its flow and distribution to the exterior. This will cause the sinews and vessels to be lacking in the vital energy they need, and they will become weakened. Excessive alcohol excites the chi in such a way that it moves irregularly. If sexual intercourse happens in this state, this causes the chi of the kidney harm, and the lower back will have issues. How is it that we can work with the principles of yin and yang? The key is to have the yang chi stay in the body. This will give the body its firmness and form. When they are not in harmony, this is like having spring but no autumn, or having energy moving outward but no form to move. It is like winter without summer, having a solid form with nothing to move it. Life needs both to be measured as alive. This is the law of yin and yang. If yang becomes too strong to be contained, then it harms the body or yin aspects. If yang moves only outward, never return inward, then nothing can move essence and function will be lost. When balanced, the essence and spirit are in order. In general, if yin and yang movements become disassociated, this means the essence chi is interrupted. It also means there are voids in the body that can now be filled by pernicious chi. This will always manifest in some form of heat or cold or areas of too much or too little yang chi. The movement of the four seasons, when excessive, will harm the five yin organs. The yin essence is built by the nourishment of food. It should be understood that food can also harm yin when not balanced properly. The food we eat has qualities to them that create specific movements within. We call these movements the flavors. Excessive flavors can act in the same manner as pernicious chi. This means that care should be taken to have a balanced diet. This will keep the sinews soft and the bones upright. The chi and blood will flow and the body will be in a proper state for protection. The structures will stay closed, keeping the bones and chi firm. All right, and that's the end of chapter three. So hopefully you'll still tune in next week and we'll go over chapter four. Until we meet again, have a great time. Thank you.